Aw, shucks, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The podcast that wants to grow up to be president. He sleeps with a pillow under his gun. It's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. I'm coming to you from beautiful, cloudy Cave Creek, Arizona, where it looks like the monsoons are about to move in. This is what happens in the summertime. Everything will be going along as normal. Sunny, sunny, another sunny day, more sunny days, nothing but sun. And then all of a sudden in the middle of summer, monsoon arrives and that what happens then is the prevailing wind that brings in the weather comes not from california not over those high mountains where it drops all of its moisture and and retains all of its heat but the wind direction turns from the for the westerly to the southerly and all of a sudden it's uh, moisture laden air coming up from the sea of cortez which is a body of water between Mexico and uh, Baja, Mexico. And so today we have an example of a rare non-sunny day in the summer during monsoon. And you never know, it might start raining later on today. That's the kind of thing that some people are interested in. Randy and I were talking about this earlier. He doesn't like the clouds. He has a a bad attitude when it comes to clouds. Other people that live in Arizona kind of like the difference from the the endless sunny days to an occasional cloudy day. I'm thinking I might like it because I've got a few things to do in the garage, and when the clouds are out, it makes my south-facing garage less warm. So I may take advantage of this cloudy day. But before that, I want to share with the audience uh, all the important things that they have to know about Medicare. Actually, I won't share all of them today, but it's, uh, it's a... a tremendous time of one's life when one is approaching that transition between Obamacare and Medicare. It can mean the end of high insurance premiums with big deductibles and large out-of-pocket limits to a much more reasonably priced, unfortunately government-sponsored program, but uh, much more reasonably priced and much more effective coverage. So while Medicare is kind of a drag on the U.S. economy, it does provide a major benefit for most of its uh, people that are involved. Ironically, uh, they're referred to as beneficiaries by people in the insurance business. But um, I codified the important parts of Medicare In the first book I wrote back in, oh, God, uh, 2018 or something like that, and I've been updating it every year. It's called Medicare for the Lazy Man. You go to Amazon and get any one of four different versions. You've got a hardcover version, a uh, paperback version, an audio version, and a Kindle ebook version that you can download and all of those are reasonably priced because it's my goal not to make money with the book but to disseminate the information that people want to know about medicare and i have tried to simplify uh, 
the approach to Medicare that most people are going to take. There are a few people that have real complicated situations, and um, that's okay. But for, I would guess, 95% of the people approaching Medicare, by the time they spend an hour and a half reading my book, they're going to understand everything they need to know. And they're going to say, could it really be this simple? And that's ironically the uh, the title of this uh, particular episode. Can it really be this simple? So what I would ask Randy to help me do at this point is uh, a little show and tell. The show and tell that we often do is of our 30-second radio spot, because if I forget to describe why we're here, then we can run this spot and you'll have a clear understanding of what we're all about at the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. So I'm going to clam up now and Randy's probably going to push a button to play that spot. Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. All righty. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate your uh, your being Johnny on the spot with the uh, audio uh, <laughs> elements of the show. In fact, um, I can see right now that you've got a, a little bit of downtime while I talk, and I'd rather share the duty. So uh, tell me how things are going for you today, Randy. Well, you know, everything is going just fine. I see you're <laughs> wearing your, your uh, University of Arizona shirt. My proud okay. alma mater and your daughter's alma mater. I am. I'm where I, I obviously, whenever I got an opportunity, I used to ask Brenna to uh, grab me, acquire me, buy me something, a U of A shirt. I've got, I've got two or three t-shirts and I've got a couple different polos and I really do like them because I spent a lot of time driving between Cave Creek and U of A. As a matter of fact, I think my car knows the way. What was your drive time? door to door oh gosh i think two hours yeah uh, that sounds about right that sounds pretty good i i would probably think it might be a little bit more because you have to go through part of tucson to get to the actual school but uh, yeah. it was uh it was uh interesting to note that i have a bunch of uh university of arizona clothing items as well that i've acquired over the years but it's mostly from going to visit the bookstore which is like a big clothing store on campus. And mostly from when I lived in Chicago, since I've been in Arizona, it's like going to see the statue of Liberty. If you're in New York, I'm two hours away <laughs> from a whole source of clothing, but I keep thinking now oh, I'll do it another time. Now that I'm here in Arizona, now I can do it anytime I want to. And now all of my t-shirts are getting worn out. I got to get more. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that Doug, because when you're a student, you don't have any money to buy the stuff in the bookstore, but when right. you're older, you do. And then obviously the, uh, you know, what, what, what should I say? What's the right term for, you know, the, the feeling that comes over you when you walk back onto the campus you know? old, <laughs> I feel old. old and decrepit <laughs> or is it, are you talking about nostalgia? 
Now, I was thinking of nostalgia, but old okay. and decrepit works. <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, we were actually in Tucson uh, right at the uh, when the Democrats got hold of Dr. Fauci and threw him out in front of the TV cameras, and he insisted everybody start wearing masks. So we stopped in Tucson on the way uh, to we were driving to Austin, Texas, and uh, had dinner at my favorite restaurant, which is Salerno's on Fourth Avenue. Is it Salerno's? Uh, God damn it. I can't. It's a great old Italian restaurant dating yep, from ni- yep. 1935. It's on fourth Avenue, which is the home of all, all things weird and hippie in Tucson. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it was really weird to see a bunch of 20 somethings walking around in face masks. Like they were scared of getting COVID and dying. And here, Mary and I, you know, we're in our seventies and, uh, you know, get out of the way. Uh, we're, you know, got to get up to the head of the line so I can have some of that lasagna that I love so much. And, oh yeah. Uh, Caruso's yeah. Caruso's Caruso's. Oh yes. I've been there. I said Salerno's, but I, I should have said Caruso's and I can't, the very first time I went there back in the 1970s, <clears throat> I ordered lasagna because I've always loved good lasagna. It was so fantastic. And it's made from, it's like uh, sourdough bread. It's made from a mother load of sauce that has mm-hmm. been cook, cooking on their stove since 1935 when the parents or the grandparents started the restaurant. And so yeah. I can't go there and not have lasagna El Forno. I've never been able to try any of their other menu offerings. If I go with a bunch of people, one time I went in there with 20 people. Everybody else had other things. I had lasagna El Forno. I couldn't stop myself, even though I've had it a million times there. I know. I'm I'm the same way with other restaurants. I, I land on something that I'm particularly fond of, and it doesn't change. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I understand that completely. So I was talking about the weather here. I'm sorry it's not to your liking as much as it is to mine. I like you know, people say I couldn't possibly live in Arizona because I like the change of seasons. Well, if you live here, you notice the difference in the seasons you yeah. know, very easily. But uh, you have trouble with the change of uh, sunshine intensity. Yes, I do. Yes, if, it I go- do. if it goes away, then, then it's not your kind of uh, atmosphere. I woke up this morning. I think I told you. And I thought, oh, my God, I've, somehow I've slipped back into Nebraska. It's cloudy. Believe me, it's not going to last long. It's oh, not, it, it'll be back to being, in fact, the sun's trying to come out here. I don't think it's going to succeed, but because uh, I see clouds all around us, we have 360 degree mountain views and I can, I can see there's a whole bunch of cloudy weather out there just waiting to, to block off the sun. But it, it's one of those things that keeps Arizona interesting for me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. But, Absolutely. Well, I've got one story to tell you, Doug, and then oh. we better get up. We better get off onto the Medicare stuff. As already, as as Doug said, this the title of this particular episode is "Can It Really Be This Simple?" But before we go there, let me tell you a story about what happened in history today. Please do. And I know this is going to just absolutely shock you to death, but today in 1983. The world's lowest recorded temperature happened in Antarctica at the Vostok Station. I was going to say it had to be south, uh, Southern Hemisphere, obviously. Yeah. And okay, buckle up your seatbelt because this is going to really, really put some frost on your windshield. Okay. 
they measured the temperature at negative 128.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Jeez. Oh, man. Now, there have to be a couple of caveats because my understanding is that there is a place in Antarctica that's so cold that it's never snowed there. And it's, uh, it's some valley. And I think people have only gone there just like to, to say they looked at it and then they run back to their to wherever their camp is. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, 127 degrees below zero. That's incredible. You, could, you couldn't even make it from here to your car before you'd be dead. That's right. What's absolute zero? It can't be too many more, many well, more degrees colder than that. In, in Fahrenheit, absolute zero is somewhere around 300 degrees below zero. But yeah, uh, so we had a ways to go, but it was halfway there. Absolutely. That's very impressive. 127 degrees below zero is inconceivable. And frankly, better that it happened to the Ruskies than to us. Yeah. Yeah. What's, but what's on, the, on the other hand, is it felt a lot like Nebraska sometimes like that. Well, the coldest day I ever remember in Illinois, and I was uh, in my 30s, maybe 40s when this happened. Um, yeah, I was, I was like 41, I think. No, 31. Anyway, it was uh, 27 below. And that was a New Year's Eve uh, around 1979-ish or thereabouts. And I swear, um, 27 below was inconceivably cold. Um, I was at a New Year's Eve party, and we left in our 76 Olds Cutlass, which never failed to start and run like a champ, no matter what the weather. But uh, somebody, a couple who had left earlier than us, were like stuck in the middle of downtown St. Charles, and they were driving an Oldsmobile that had been converted to one of these crappy diesels. Uh, if you remember when GM tried. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Gas, gas prices were high. Stop me if you've heard about gas prices being too high. But uh, oh, the, I'm shocked. I'm but, shocked. <laughs> but GM said, hey, we'll since uh, the tax structure made diesel fuel cheaper than gasoline back then. And it was a very small difference. But there were a lot of dopes that panicked. And this couple, I got to tell you, are in that category of dopey panickers. And uh, even though they have plenty of money, they decided that they would get one of those Oldsmobile. Uh, I think it was a 350 engine that was converted to diesel. So they didn't last very long. They weren't tough enough to stand up to the rigors of being a diesel engine, but their fuel had turned to jelly. And so they got, they got started. They got, you know, probably half a mile away, right in the middle of downtown St. Charles and the car just quit. And it had to be. That was the. End of the story. It was. They needed a ride uh, back out to their home in Elburn, Illinois. And I think we might have provided that. I don't know. But anyway, it was a, a cold, cold New Year's Eve. And I thought, man, 27. I had heard of 25. I had seen plenty of 20 degrees below zero. But to have 27 degrees below zero. And people thought the world was coming to an end. Now, everybody is complaining lately about the heat up in the northern hemisphere it's really hot it's a very hot summer people in europe are dying from the heat because it's too hot and they don't have air conditioning blah 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 well that's the way the world is some days you have hot days and some days you have cold days and it doesn't in indicate any sort of major end of the world kind of thing coming down the pike but there are those who will try to use that as an excuse why why yes Yes, they will. Hmm. Well, I am going to uh, 
Again, repeat the title. Can it really be this simple, Doug? Why don't you tell us how? All right. This is going to be a short and sweet episode because it basically just recounts an, uh, an encounter I had with a person who was approaching Medicare. And this gentleman uh, lives in Texas, and he worked for a municipality in Texas, a, a governmental entity. And uh, he was offered a retirement uh, plan that was going to cover him as a retired ex-employee. And uh, he understood from reading my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man, Simplest and Easiest Guide Ever, that that would not, if he ever wanted to enroll in Medicare, that being covered as a retired employee would not prevent him being charged a late enrollment penalty, a lifetime late enrollment penalty. So he gleaned as much as he could from the book, but he was skeptical. And uh, this guy was skeptical to the point where he wrote me and he said, Hey, judging by what I read in your book, and I'm very skeptical about this. I need to enroll in because he was turning 65 in a couple of months. He retired before the age of 65 and was on Cobra. And he said, uh, according to what I read, I need to enroll in part a of Medicare to start on the first of the month in which I'm going to turn 65. And I have to enroll in part B of Medicare. And that will start on the first of the month in which I'm going to turn 65. And he said, so far, I'm with you. Now, what I'm understanding is that you say that the only other coverage I need to fully protect myself against uh, unfortunately high medical bills. If I ever need medical treatment, if I ever get sick, have a heart attack, have an accident, you know, get run over by a herd of, of uh, llamas or whatever. He said, the only thing I'm going to need is a Medicare supplement to protect myself from the dangers of having huge medical bills resulting from accident or injury. And that once I get a Medicare supplement, I will be fully covered uh, for the rest of my life as long as the legislature doesn't change the nature of Medicare or Medicare supplement coverage. So he said, that's kind of what I understand from your book. Now, he, he did it in fewer words. I'm fleshing it out for the benefit of the audience and also because I got to fill up a whole episode, a podcast episode here. But his, his understanding was that he needed part A of Medicare, part B of Medicare. And then he needed a Medicare supplement, which the law in every state says that you have to buy from a licensed insurance agent, which I happen to be. And so he said, so then do I understand correctly that I also need a prescription drug plan? He said, I don't take any prescription medication, so I don't really want a prescription drug plan. But your book tells me that if I don't get one now, but say a few years from now, I need a prescription and it would be advantageous to have a prescription drug plan. There's going to be a lifetime late enrollment penalty for this prescription drug plan if I don't get it when I'm first eligible. So he said, let me summarize what I understand from your book. I need Medicare Part A to be effective the first of the month I turn 65. I should get Medicare Part B which is for outpatient medical expenses to be effective on the first of the month in which I turn 65. I should go to a licensed insurance agent 
you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, read between the lines, dude, because here I am ready to help you out. He said, I should go to a licensed insurance agent to get a Medicare supplement plan that's going to be effective on the first of the month in which I turn 65. And it seems like it's a prudent thing to do to get the least expensive prescription drug plan to also begin on the first of the month in which I turn 65 so that I don't incur a lifetime late enrollment penalty down the road if I decide I need a prescription drug plan to defray my future cost of prescription med- medications. He said, "Do I?" Is it, he said, can it really be that simple? And that was the end of his email. And uh, I was proud and happy to write him back and say, sir, you have a clear understanding of everything that I talk about to people that are approaching Medicare. It really is that simple. If you're willing to walk away from your employer's retirement plan, which, as you understand, could open you up to a late enrollment penalty for Medicare if you decide in the future that you want Medicare, then you will uh, have a clean slate the first of the month in which you turn 65 you can have your Medicare enrollment, your Medicare supplement enrollment, and your prescription drug plan enrollment, and you're done. You are finished with Medicare. It is exactly that simple. And uh, so when I sent him that email back and he said, all right, now I further understand from your book that I have a choice of a bunch of different Medicare supplement plans. I live in uh, such and such a zip code. And I'd like to know what the costs would be, but I'm inclined to listen to the the advice you have in your book and to take the most cost-effective rather than the most comprehensive coverage. Because Plan G, the most comprehensive Medicare supplement available, is on the pricey side. I'm a healthy guy. I don't anticipate needing Medicare uh, or medical treatment. If for a long time, if ever. And so rather than spend a bunch of money buying insurance that I don't need, tell me what it would cost for the high deductible, or as Randy calls it, the high value plan G, which allows me to assume some of the risk on my own. And then in return for that, much, much lower monthly premium payments. So I sent him a list of the four companies that I use in Texas, all highly, highly rated companies. And uh, I sent him a list of the very comprehensive part or plan G premiums. And all of those were over a hundred dollars a month. They were in the neighborhood of 130 to 165 or $70 a month. Ah, you know, I've got his file right here. I should be, uh, I should be looking this stuff up. Here he is. I like this guy too, because he's got a very simple name like mine. I'm not going to tell you what his name is because that would, uh, <laughs> he probably is not prepared to hear anything about his, uh, his Medicare, uh, his Medicare uh, adventures uh, without being asked for permission first. I realize now he told me, I don't want the expensive plan. I want the most cost-effective plan. So why don't you tell me what those would cost? And so I had a list of four uh, carriers and I ignored plan G, which is the most comprehensive, but yet the most expensive. And I said, let's go right to the most cost-effective plan. So I sent him a little chart that had four companies on it with their monthly premium for the high deductible or high value plan G. The Humana plan, was the highest 
uh, it was close to the highest at $54.93, almost $55. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Texas was uh, 56 and a half. So that was actually a little bit more than Humana. That's unusual to see uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Texas be more expensive than Humana. Uh, then we had Mutual of Omaha. Now, Mutual of Omaha has come out with artificially low rates in a bunch of their states, but they haven't done that in Texas. In Texas, they're still quoting their product at a reasonable rate, but they're not trying to do it artificially uh, cheap in order to buy up a bunch of business and then later give them rate increases uh, down the road. So Mutual of Omaha was $48 and some change. So that was pretty reasonable. But my favorite company, the one I recommend most often, and the one that he said sign me up for, was United American, a Texas company located in McKinney, uh, has a giant company as a parent, but United American is their Medicare supplement arm. And uh, that premium, because they don't advertise and because they pay commissions that are much lower than any other company will pay me. Uh, that premium for this gentleman was $39 a month. And he said, sign me up for that. And so I did that. And then I went on the government website and I said, here is a gentleman in such and such a zip code. What is the, uh, uh, and tell me what all of the uh, prescription drug plans available are in his zip code. And uh, it uh, said, don't you want to tell us what drugs he takes? And I said, no, I don't. I just want to know what the plans available are. And so it lines up all the plans, probably in the neighborhood of 25 prescription drug plans available to anybody age 65 or older in his county in Texas. And the cheapest one was $6.90 a month. And so I said, okay, that's the one you should sign up for. So I got him the most, um, uh, the uh, Medicare uh, Part A and Part B signed up for himself online. They won't let me help with that process. Even though I'm a licensed agent and he's asked me to help him, I cannot represent him to the government without a whole bunch of rigmarole and paperwork and lawyers being involved. And so he got his own Medicare part A and part B. I showed him what the best bang for his buck was when it came to Medicare supplement. That's the high value plan G. And I showed him what the best bang for his buck was for the prescription drug plan, which he doesn't need now, but he doesn't want to have to pay a late enrollment penalty in future years when he decides he needs a prescription drug plan. And that's essentially how simple it is. Basically, I did most of the work. He did what I think is the important part. He had the awareness, the understanding to read my book and say, wow, this is really simple. Am I missing something? Is Can it really be this simple? And uh, I was happy to report to him, it really can be. And it, uh, I can make all of this happen without you even blinking an eye. Sign your name a few times. Tell me a few little facts about yourself that you can almost do off the top of your head. And then you are done and you have no more worries about Medicare. If you go to a doctor, you take your Medicare card and you take your Medicare supplement card. And 95% of the doctors in America accept Medicare. So you're not going to ever have to think about this process again. So that was the whole thing. And that's why I entitled this, Can It Really Be That Simple? It really was that simple for this gentleman. So 
that's the end of my little <laughs> pontification for today, Randy. Is that the end of the story? I know. Pretty short, isn't it? I hope I hope uh, we can really count this as a complete podcast episode. Well, it was short and sweet, but, you know, to your point, Doug, that it really is or can be that simple. All you have to do, folks, is listen to what Doug tells you. Go down to Amazon.com and get yourself one of his books, Medicare for the Lazy Man. You'll want the green 2022 version. You'll want that one, or you can get the audio version if you want to, you know, like to put yourself to sleep when you're going to sleep <laughs> at night with it's a soothing. good book, it's with a soothing, book, good it? book from Doug as he reads it to you. Or you can get the Kindle version, which is obviously, uh, you know, electronic and, and very cost effective. So get just get one of those or multiple, you know, multiple combinations of those. You're, you're never going to regret it. It's the best money you ever spent. But before we do that, I want to tell you one thing. Do do Randy a favor. Write Doug some emails. He he looks he runs down to the mailbox every morning like a kid looking for a decoder ring to see if he got any mail. And he is so disappointed when he doesn't have any. So write him some email at dbj at mlmmailbag.com and you will make him a happy camper absolutely a happy camper boy oh boy i i never told you that i was a charter member of the mickey mouse club when i was a kid and i was a charter member of the secret squadron i don't know about charter but i i got a secret squadron decoder ring and it, there i had you go. it was just like christmas story every episode of the of the uh i forget what the name of the television show was maybe it was secret squadron but they would give me a coded message and i would decode it with my decoder ring and it was always like drink your oval teen or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah i get it I've, I've been there done that <laughs> well thanks everybody for joining us you know i i would be remiss if i didn't thank you all because you could have been 17 different places and you weren't you were here with Doug and I listening to Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast, which is always a good time for us. And we hope it's equally as much of a good time for you. But you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes listening to Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy, originally from Oklahoma, now residing behind Cave Creek, Arizona, up in the mountains. And I think today we are, what, about 15,000 feet? It changes every day. I'm so confused. How is this possible? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. <laughs>